Welcome back to Inside the Studio at Franklin Bridge. It's Scott and Jack, and uh, it is a cold January night. Yeah, uh, we just had uh, tour caddy Paul Fusco on the podcast to kick off the year. Yeah, to kick off the year, it was great. He's been a uh, PGA Tour and LPGA Tour caddy for th- over thirty years. VJ Singh, like VJ Singh, we talked about VJ on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's uh, crazy. He he's caddying right now for Si Young King. Say Young, Say Young Kim, excuse me, on the LPGA Tour. So Correct. You guys see him on a uh, on a broadcast. Um, make she's sure done, to make sure to like well. screenshot it and send it to us. Yeah. yeah. No, she's great. She's a great player. So um, great. Well, we're going to be talking uh, about kind of our, our regular schedule programming, kind of around mindset and uh, just how we can improve it. And specifically for this one, we're talking about a tweet that Scott put out uh, on the interwebs and uh, kind of talking about the mindset there. And I, I got comments on this one more than any of my recent posts. I got more comments on this. And <clears throat> it's one that I've heard. I just, you know, we go through phases and certain things kind of come in and out of teaching. And so some of the things we talk about are around that. And we haven't done one, I feel like, that's like super relevant to the moment of my teaching. Yes, we did me playing golf, but like and me taking a lesson, but like what are what are the threads that I'm seeing? And or just what's happening right now in the golf world. Right. Kind of and yeah. I've heard this way too much and it finally hit a tipping point with me um when I heard it multiple times from multiple people in the same day. And I was thinking about I'm like, I've in heard the this same al- day. Yeah. And I've heard it in group settings and in private settings. And I'm going, what, what is this? And so I posted because partly I'm like, y'all need to hear that this bothers me. And it doesn't bother me for me. It bothers me for, it really shows you where the player is. And then it makes you go, ooh, this is a really tough challenge. And I don't really know what to do with it. So that's part of the reason why I like... I'm still working through this. Like, I don't really know. And so, like, my post was, it, it sounds kind of curious. It says, one of the strangest comments people make after accomplishing a new skill for the first time. Yeah, I did it once, but I'll probably not do it again. Let me read that one more time. One of the strangest comments, that's the, like, I'm just like, what? It, what is this? Like, this is weird to me. One of the strangest comments people make after accomplishing a new skill for the first time. Yeah, I did it once, but I'll probably not do it again. Like it's such a hard one to hear because I feel like, and n- by no means am I trying to compare me to somebody else um, <clears throat> or say that what we feel is the same. But whenever I accomplish something new for the first time, I'm like, oh my, like that was it. Oh my god! Like, right, you get excited. You get excited because you're like, wow, if I can do it once, <sighs> I can repeat it. Okay, like I did this, and I'm, then and yeah. then you go try several more reps. You're like ah, oh, crap. Like okay, to me, I didn't do it. Like okay, oh, uh, that's close. Right, like you get. To me, it's more like uh, it's more like if I did it, it is now I've proven to myself that I can do that. So now I just have to learn how to repeat it, which is a completely different skill. Right. And so part of the reason why we're talking about this one is I had multiple people comment a on the post and then I had some others back end go like, yes, please talk about this on the podcast. Please, please, please talk about this on the podcast. And it's coming from other coaches, too. They're like. Our st- and they're saying it because their students probably need to hear it and they're probably going to pump it out to them. Like, please listen to this. Like, the 
to me, like the most, the crazy thing about it is it's ironic and like, it's, it's an oxymoron. Like it, it can't, it actually doesn't make like you can't make the logical sense of it. Like if you did it and you say, well, I'll probably never do that again. And then you don't do it again. You actually did the thing that you said you weren't going to do. Like yeah. it just, you just prove that you can do whatever you decide. You just decided not to do the new thing, which is the harsh reality of like, you just decided not to. Yeah, That's just, ownership. You just language. materialized your, your worst nightmare, you know? Right. And, you know, some of the things uh, recently kind of floating around that I've seen, um, Bob Rotella, leading sports psychologist, he's like, one of the things that separates the elite performers, particularly in golf, but like in every sport, he's like, they have really big dreams. Their dreams are not small. Whether they actually achieve them or not, it's not the thing. Like, they have really big dreams, and they go after them. Like, they don't think that they're not going to get there. They just go long enough until they accomplish it. And that's the... And so they don't say things like this. And, like, have we all had moments where we kind of feel like that way? Like, man, am I ever going to get this thing under control? Like, whether that's uh, in your marriage, and parenting your kids, in your work and what yes you can like what well uh, you know i'll probably never make a sale like that again why not you, you made one that way you just learned a new way to get one yeah the, the uh here's an interesting i guess i'll just call it a point for right now and i want to get your take on this when i can do something like when i can make a repetition multiple times for example like the golf swing right and you're telling me just do it keep keep on doing it until you get it right like keep on doing it and like i'll finally get it right once and it's like whoa like i wow i just did it that to me is very powerful however i have a personal problem with if those individual reps take weeks at a time like if if let's say i could only make one swing a week until i got it right that would be super hard for me because it's the tenacity of doing that for a very long time, right? Like, but when the when the reps are are closer and closer together, I've got more of a willingness to do it. Do you think there's any validity there to how kids might be viewing emotion? Um, it's harder. It's hard in golf. I'm mostly talking in life. Yeah, but I I, th- I think there's a to me. It's like somewhere along the way, something happened or someone told you something. Something happened is kind of encompasses everything, but like that made you think that you can't do it. Like that just made you believe that you, you can't eventually achieve this. Cause like, this is always the fun example and the easy, like laughing example, but it's really this simple. Like no kid that's learning how to walk ever goes like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think that thing's going to yeah, be for me. Yeah. Like, we talked about that. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. ever going to say that. Like <laughs> this the whole same, walking thing, <laughs> the same person who uttered the words, like, you know, oh yeah, I did it once, so I'll probably not do it again. Is the same person who learned how to communicate, learned how to talk, learned how to learned how to walk, learned how to run, learned how to throw, learned how to kick, learned how to ask for what they want, learned how to drive a car, stay at home by themselves, but like learned how to study, learned how to get grades, good or bad. You're right. Like, they've they've had you know, so many thing. chances. That has taken to, you yeah. a long time to learn. Yes, like, yes, yes. You didn't learn tying your shoes on the first Try, 100 yeah. attempts. Yeah, that's a good point. But, like, I think we're, we are, 
most of like if you look at a lot of our problems in our country generally speaking whether that be personally or collectively are actually problems of abundance not problems of scarcity scarcity yeah yeah like somebody in an impoverished area as they gain skill or comes from difficult backgrounds like you look at some of the really high performers they typically have had really challenging beginnings let me bat my toner today um it's like they've had really challenging beginnings and so they never know how to not keep going. Well, I think that you can also see it from the other, the other side, way. too, where you can yeah. say it's a problem of abundance, a.k.a. we have these little space devices that we keep in our pockets called our phones where we're constant. Yeah, we can have whatever you want right when you want it. And you get to see people who have taken millions upon millions upon millions of reps at whatever they're doing. And now they're a pro at it. So you're like, well, if I can't get to where... Gary V is tomorrow, then I, I obviously can't do that. And right. it's like, you're right. You can't. You can't do that tomorrow. <laughs> right. You know? not, you've already just proven that. So uh, to me, your your analogy with like it, or your, uh, your example of it, it's a problem of abundance rather than scarcity, there's probably a lot of other cultural things that are happening <laughs> right now that are... Uh, Amazon, you can order your pr- you can order your thing and it's here tomorrow. Right? Yeah. Or this afternoon. Yeah. yeah. For some items. Or you can you know DoorDash, man. I can have a I can have Panda Express delivered to me in twenty minutes. You know, like right. I don't even have to go get my own groceries. I can go <laughs> with Instacart and I have my groceries brought yeah, to me. Yeah, Kroger does delivery. You know, so yeah. <laughs> it, I've heard yeah. I've had some friends do Instacart and they're like literally, the grocery is like around the corner from their house <laughs> yeah. i drive it to them they're in their pajamas when they come out to get it it's right, like and right. it's three o'clock in the afternoon like yeah. dude you clearly aren't doing anything you could go get that on your own right like we've just gotten into this ease and so then you start to get into this constant things are easy and you start to like expect everything to be easy no matter what that thing is you expect relationships to be easy you expect work to be easy the next client the next job the next interview the what you expect everything to be easy but isn't it ironic on the flip side that the single most complex athletic movement in all of sports the golf swing is the one that people keep trying to figure out how to play why what what is why do like if you think about it if you shoot a hundred in something every time you play and you keep shooting 100. And there are people who don't try to get better. They just keep playing. Like, what is that? They're still trying to get better. They're chasing that shot. Fundamentally, part of the allure, maybe the main allure of the game of golf for a vast majority of people is the fact that it's challenging, which is proof in itself that we want a challenge. We don't want it to be easy. Yeah, I was going to say it's um, – it's – it's so interesting how, like, for example, if you're if you're doing sales, like, it's so interesting how, like, you're so some people are so unwilling to do that voluntarily. However, they're they're willing to go out and play golf. It's almost like golf is a like a drug of a sport. <laughs> to right. where, right? It's like, yeah, it's outside and it's beautiful and like you get to be with people, but like, there's a gazillion other things you can do. Yeah, that take far less time <laughs> and far less dollars. <laughs> right, like. Um, it would be a lot easier for you to learn how to play the piano than it would be to swing a golf club. <laughs> yeah. And you could be pretty crazy good at it. And Much you probably, faster you could be crazy good at this. And you could probably play a piano in more places than you can play golf. So. <laughs> right, right. And it's just like the game itself, 
requires you to assume that it's going to be a challenge. So what have we what have we proved here? We've proven one, it's an elective game, right? Two, it's incredibly hard. Three, there's also other like many, many other things that you could be doing with your time, right? right. So what does that tell us? Well, if you're the if you're the student or you're the person who's coming in here and saying, well, I'm probably not going to do it again. It's like, dude, this is an elective game. It's a really challenging game, and you've chosen to do it. Like, why are we saying that? Let's just not say that. And we talked about earlier off mic, and I think we should say it on the air. Yeah. There should be the goal. If the coach sees that kind of behavior, they should have the ability to be like, all right, well, I'll, um, you know, this lesson's done. Thanks for giving me some of my time back. And, um, you know, door's right there. Yeah, when, when you when you're ready to come back and not ever say that again or think and act in that way, out then we'll be ready to work. Because anything I give you at this point is a lost cause, and now I'm now I'm going to spend the next however much time is left in the lesson trying to undo that very 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 deep seated thought. And it's a lack of gratitude too. I think like one of the Ooh. one of the biggest things like and especially in success is like having gratitude along the way, along the journey, right? And so like if you're going to it, I used to be the person who if I heard this on a podcast would have been like, "Dude, what are you talking about? Like gratitude? Like That's come like, on." But like That's true. It's very true and it's something where like I've I've been lucky enough to witness some lessons uh, of yours with people who have uh, disabilities in one way or another and they're trying to swing the golf club, right? That could either mean they're older and it's hard for them to swing. That could mean they're missing a leg. That could mean they're in a wheelchair. Guy in a wheelchair swinging with one arm on the golf club and he's trying to figure out how to just keep his wheelchair still so So, he can hit the golf ball. So for you as a student to have all four working appendages, have a competent brain and uh, the ability ability to play such a game we shouldn't be thinking in that kind of context it's a lack of gratitude well and to think a about lack of perspective like paul fusk fusco like as he was talking about on the last one you know what do you tell people when they're in these proams like you try to get them to relax as quickly as you can like dude this is a game this is fun like it's he said a, it's a proam it's fun it's nobody's winning him, for a score we asked him we were like <laughs> what is something that you see in amateurs like during these game, during like these proams and like and he could have said a million things i know i'm expecting he him to say said like crazy profound he said well man they, they shouldn't they should never leave the ball above the hole you know i'm they expecting him to more say, club yeah, they yeah, take what? more club and instead he goes I just like I just want them to go have a good time, like just enjoy the afternoon. And I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> that's so that's really profound!" Like, are you having fun playing? No, okay, then don't play. Like, what what are other things you enjoy doing that don't frustrate you? Like this, okay, go do those. Why that's something do that, those? like, if I'm uh, <laughs> if I'm ever playing with somebody and they're like just one of those people who literally complain on every single shot of theirs, sometimes I'll be like, you know, I'll say like. <laughs> I'll say, you know, uh, we, we paid the club to come out here this afternoon. You know, like, let's, we're not forced to be here. <laughs> <laughs> like, one of the things we, <coughs> excuse me, we told one of our juniors last year, he was just getting super frustrated. Like, he'll hit a shot, like, one shot, like, if he hits one shot bad, he's like, oh, like, oh, it's just, oh, look, oh, it's like, and Elijah stopped him in his tracks, and Elijah said, sorry, and Elijah said, you don't have to be here. Like I love Elijah for that. He always says like those go, totally like, human things. Dude, <laughs> if you don't want to play and you don't want to take golf lessons, you don't want to work on your game and you don't want to embarrass yourself, 
stop playing. Go lock yourself in a pillow room or something. Right, right like, like just stop playing. And it's like, you, it's not about performing. We live in a performance culture. If you look at relationships between people, if you're in a relationship of performance, both people will be miserable always question for you why are we live in a world full of performance yet why does the world uh not celebrate failure more because i feel like you can't have one without the other because we don't want to be vulnerable we don't want to show that the truth is we all once sucked at things and we still suck at things yeah there's certain things in my life that i'm really bad at there are parts of my parenting and my being a husband and being a leader of you know of my team that I'm really bad at. Like, yeah, it's just it, it's funny to me how we don't celebrate that. It's not like we should be throwing a party for you know uh, if you failed a test or something, but you know I just feel like maybe supportive is is the word instead of uh, like we just need to be more supportive. But I think we are supportive of failure. It's the illusion that we think that we're not supportive for Ooh. because of failure. Ooh. Think about that. Yeah. Like, well, did you see so-and-so? Look at all the negative comments that those people are making about, you know, Rory and Tiger and whomever, Ricky, whomever. Oh, he was a nothing, nobody. Dude, those people aren't, don't even matter. Like, you don't even know them from Adam. And guess what? They're probably sitting on their on their chair doing nothing. They're just jealous of the thing that you have anyway. Like, yeah. the people that actually matter, this is what we talked about the inner circle. We talked about this all the time. Like, what relationships matter to you? What will those people say? And I get it for some people like, well, I want that relationship to be really good, whether it be a parent, spouse, friend, whatever. And if they're really negative, then sorry, that one's just not it. You can't base everything on that opinion. Now, opinions of people that are in the inner circle who should also be like, hey man, we need to get that under control. Like, I think you need to work on that. But the relationship has to be intact to be able to be vulnerable. Like, you have to be vulnerable. Like, guess what? You're gonna suck when you try anything the first time. Well, I gotta get worse before I get better. No. Like, aren't you better when you left than when you were there? Well, I hit it worse. Well, did you learn something new? Yeah. Doesn't that inherently mean that you got better? You at least learned something. Well, I just don't know how to repeat it. Well, then you're a bad student. Yeah, I, uh, I think I've, I've got... Not on purpose necessarily, but you just are. It's a terrible way to learn. As we kind of move into the uh, part of the podcast where we talk about like, well, okay, how do we fix this thing? You know, I, I don't know, Jack. We've been ranting a little bit, but like in, in terms of fixing this thing, I think that a good start, I think, is number one, just having more gratitude. The fact that you get to play this game, dude. Gratitude. You get to do this. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah sorry. You get to do this. So you get to play this game. You get to be an athlete, right? I get to learn something you, new. Yes, right. The other thing too is I think we just need to have more compassion for others, and in turn, we will then have more compassion for ourselves. I think there's so much pressure in this performance culture to be right and good and hit the perfect shot every single time, uh, but. We completely miss the failure, the tenacity, the <laughs> endurance part of getting to a destination, right? So I think those would be what I would say are my first two starters is is gratitude and having more compassion for others that will then lead to having more compassion for yourself. Yeah, gratitude solves a whole bunch of problems. Yeah. Like you can think of a problem that you have, whether it be this like, I probably just can't do it again, whether it be that or whether it be something entirely different gratitude 
like just from the psych- psychological research on it, thankfulness solves so many problems. Dude, I did not have so many any reference problems. on what how much it does. But when I first started real estate, my team does this thing every single morning where we say a gratitude and what our one thing we need to do today is. <laughs> That's so good. And it, uh, eventually it just started out as being like, you know, these... This is corny. This is corny me. things. But when you do it as like in a routine, you wake up, you look outside, and you're like, man, I'm thankful to be alive today. And I don't. I think that's a skill. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's a muscle that needs to be trained. Yeah. Gratitude needs to be trained. Because yeah. we're not prone to gratitude. We're prone to me, 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 me. And like players that have gotten in these mindsets that I've helped try to get out, some I have been successful with, most I haven't. Because it's... It's a really hard one to undo, but most of the time when they've gotten out, I've looked at them I'm like, hey, eyes off of you. Stop going like, why isn't anybody giving me? Why isn't somebody giving to me? Like, how? go be grateful for what you have, no matter how small or how much that was, and then go find a way to help somebody else. It's one of my favorite things to do with like some of our older juniors as they develop is to actually have them come help us with our younger juniors because they get to see a whole bunch of things. One of them is they get to stand in our shoes and go like, Ooh, yeah. Sometimes I'm kind of like that kid. I can probably stop being that way. So good. But it's by serving that you then learn. Yes. And so I think that's also why a lot of countries, this is just a very meta thought right now, but I think that's also (laughs) why like a lot of countries like, uh, will, um, require that their citizens have like that they do like military service work yeah i, I could see that it also like builds that. patriotism patriotism uh-huh. but too but like i think about uh for example like the first thing that came to mind was prince harry you know he served in the right. in the royal uh air force i believe right. and um like i just i think about that it's like you can't you can't pretend to care about the common folk unless you are serving right. those people. And like, I think that's a perfect example for your juniors is like, you need to have some perspective as you climb the ranks. Sorry, that was a long yeah, answer. No, but. no, I think that's dead on. I think like it's, and this is the hard answer. Like for a comment like that, you know how disrespectful to the teacher that is. You also just said, you can't fix me either. You can't help me. Ooh, that's a good perspective. That's what you really said. Like think That's a your, great like, perspective. And it's not intentional, right? Like we do this in relationships all the time. Like we say something and because we're in our own little world, like we don't realize how it's impacted the other person until we go stand in, in those <laughs> shoes. Like, or or you think about it that night and you're like Damn, man, yep. I wish I didn't say that. Yep. Uh, dude, there's a, there's a quote. I'm, I'm going to look up here in just a second. Hang on. Keep keep rolling. I, that's going to tie to this. Well, I, I just think that was a very uh, uh, profound viewpoint, too, because uh, as we talked about gratitude as well, you know, you you also need to be grateful that you have somebody that you can go see about your swing, you know, regardless of how good they are as well. So if you go and, and tell them, like, oh, I probably can't do it again. I mean, think about that. You could rephrase that and say, "Hey, man, I I don't think you can do. I don't think you can get me to do it again." Right. So, yeah, I mean, I basically just echoed back exactly what you said. But I mean, that would tick me off if I was a teacher. It'd be like, "Dude, like, what do you mean? Of course we can get well, back on the mat." To to your idea of the thankfulness, it's like, and the reason why we keep pushing and challenging those students, it's both like really, it's simultaneously really frustrating when a student says that, and it's far more common than you think, and it's not. It like 
it's both men and women that do it. It's like you realize like headspace wise, they're in a really bad place and you really want to help them. The problem is you can't step down in that with them. You actually have to talk from outside of that because if you step down in that world with them, they'll just they'll pull you right down in it. Well, they'll either do that or you also don't want to go to a place where like you can't teach something that you have no idea what they're going through. Right, right, right. So it's like if they're having something terrible happen at home, that's not on me to fix. And right. It's like not that I don't want to. It's mm-hmm. disrespectful <clears> to <throat> try and fix that. But like to your idea of like compassion for the other person and like this compassion for the other person is like, oh, you need to have compassion for that person who says that. That's true. But that person needs to have compassion for the other people around them and that's reali- like because it's part of the gratitude component. Right. But is uh, one of my favorite quotes. Um, and again back to the I'm not a reader I'm becoming a reader is from the book To Kill a Mockingbird okay and I love classic. this classic I know classic. I've never actually read the whole thing I oh just really some snippets uh, I got the Cliff Notes version of it when I was Sweet. in high school yep um, you never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view dot 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 now that's usually where it stops right walk walk around somebody else's shoes yeah, yeah. but the quote gets better because it's deeper until you climb into his skin and walk around in it that's different than like walking in another man's shoes that's like I can just put your shoes on like climb into his skin and walk around in it that's a like who are you descriptive yeah right like that's super deep and so like I've loved that and so like when a student's doing that when you're in like hurt people hurt people right like and so when you look at it that way you also go and that's the dynamic of all the relationships like the relationship between the student and my teachers and me like i'm having to navigate those that that triangle if you will so my perspective is to help the teacher see what might be going on with the student and then when the moment's right is help the student see from the teacher's perspective of like hey by the way and when I step in in some of these lessons Elijah and Erica have you on what you need to do go do it also Elijah Erica make them do it right like it's 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 the both and and so it's learning how to work both sides of that. But if you've gotten into that, like, I, don't, I just don't know what I can do. It's the, the classic phrase that's usually used to hurt people, like, is used as, like, a jab. It's like, who hurts you? Right? Like, it's yeah. usually used as a jab. But if you really think about it and you get down to the psychology of it, like, something, somebody somewhere along the way told you you can't do stuff. And they made you feel bad for every time you screwed something up. And they, like, the balance of, like, compliment and judgment was way too high. I'm just going to give you feedback. Was that right or not? That was a good rep. And you can't even take a, you can't take a genuine compliment because compliments you've had before, that's just a whole nother aside, but, like, compliments you've been given before weren't real. This is the, like, uh, John Wooden research that was done on him. Did we talk about this? Yeah. Yeah, it's the, like, 6%, 6%, and then the 74% is, like, informational feedback. You did it right, you did it wrong, how you present that. But it's, like, you can't accept a real compliment when somebody gave it to you. Like, I'm complimenting the fact that you did it right. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you if you did it wrong. Like, all right, that's not it. Let's try again. Like, you want to see it again? Ah, oh, man, okay, that wasn't there. It's like, that's all right, you can keep going. 
I got I got plenty of golf balls. I got twenty five thousand of them sitting up there. If you look at <clears> golf <throat> or any sport from just a purely objectional, uh, uh, objective. Per- what am I trying to say? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> objective perspective. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just sounds like it objective just perspective. Yeah, it just sounds weird. But like, you can look. You can go to the grocery store. See somebody with an incredible athletic physique and be like, I mean, I mean, honestly, if they were raised from from birth trying to be a golfer, you know, that person could probably be on the tour, right? You could probably say that about me. You could probably say that about you. You could probably say that about anybody. Right. So at the end of the day, if the game is not the variable that we're paying attention to or the skill set, then what is it? It's the mindset, right? Uh-huh. So I think that a lot of these professional athletes, what they do really well and how they've gotten to where they are is through the mindset. And through how they deal with that adversity in their head, it kind of seems really rudimentary and simple when I when I'm hearing myself say it. But that problem is not a speaking to the problem that we're talking about here. That problem is not a golf problem. No, that, it's not at it's all. It's a mindset and a headspace problem. And so, if we're here, and if you're a golf coach listening to this, if you have students that are saying these things, we can't work on the golf swing until we fix this head no, problem. We, we ain't. And you know what? Some students won't let you go there. I don't want to talk about that. All right, then we're done. Well, I can't help you at that point. Yeah, I can't. So how, if you can't do it again, then what am I doing? What, why, why am I here? And in this case, you can what? take their own words. What? This is what you said. How am I supposed to go forward and make you better I love, after what you said? That? I, I love that because then you force them to see. They have to. They then have to respond to the thing that they said. That they say, well, I don't really mean that. Well, you yeah, you you said it, which means at some level you mean it, right? It's like, so forgive yourself and then figure out what to do from there. Like, what? It just doesn't make any sense. And like, I like to tend to go the positive way with it for most of the time when I'm in that situation. Um, I've seen Erica and Elijah be very direct, like, yes, you can. That's nonsense. Like, sometimes just like calling that out. I, the challenge for me is like, you can't let that fester though. Like that one has to be called out. There's not a there's some mindsets you can like kind of wash over over time, but the more I look back at my teaching, the more I've tried to like massage that and make that mindset feel better, the worse it gets. Yeah, or they bring it up out of like it's a it's a it's a very small shadow of darkness in their brain, right? And they bring it up and it's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa. You just said that?" Hey, let mm-hmm. let's talk about that. Like, let's pause this golf lesson and talk about that. What about that makes you feel like you can't do that again? And just like make them wrestle with it, make mm-hmm. them wrestle with it, because I guarantee you, it is mm-hmm. a problem. They haven't dealt with it, and if you just like at least open up the can of worms, you don't even have to like, you don't even right. have to, you don't have do to do anything. You just have to say, hey, well, what about that? Like, why'd you say that? If you don't mind me asking, just in a completely curious way. Yeah, but it's you, you can't let it. It can't go ignored, and I've ignored it a lot. And the problem is, it keeps coming back. You you have to. In order to make them better, you have to deal with that. You, I know I used to share my seven principles of my teaching philosophy. It's probably down to like two at this point. <laughs> but like the seventh one was improve the whole person to maximize performance. You can't you can't get to where you want to get to if your mind isn't right. And I don't care what your personality traits are. I don't care what your background, injuries, pains, whatever they are. You don't know how bad. I was like, look, there are people with way worse than 
than you. There's always somebody who's got it worse. There's always somebody who's got it better. There always. Oh, this is why the gratitude thing is such a such a problem solver. It reminds me of the uh, the Kobe Bryant uh, quote when his wife Vanessa was talking to him. Is like, why do you play through all these injuries? Like, just sit out for a bit and then be healthy when you come back. And he said, Well, there's a fan up there in the 300 level that. Mm. That's the compassion for others. They, yeah, they, they can only to afford to see me this one time, and so I'm going to play for them. And I'm just like, that's perspective, that's gratitude, and that is <laughs> it's compassion. actually one of the reasons why they play so well. Yes, exactly. And so it's like <laughs> if you play for a cause that's greater than you, I mean, that's that Mamba mentality, you know, and I think that keeps you grounded. And I think that's probably something that a coach with a student like this that we're talking about, you probably need to anchor their thoughts mm-hmm. around something that's close to that rather than, uh, rather than, well, of course you can just do it, you know. Yeah, of course you can. Like, and it, it's just like there's something about like when people hit a bad shot. Hank used to give the same speech every year for this uh, Bradley Memorial, um, Bradley Johnson Memorial Tournament down in Birmingham. Kid that he taught that died in a car accident. And Hank said this kid had everything going for him. By the way, he took second in the USAM as a junior golfer, like incredible player, all the tour players knew him. And Hank always gave the same speech every year, started a little different, but he said, fundamentally, he said, golf is not who you are. It's just something that you do. So when you say, I can't do this again, what you're saying is I am a failure. I can't, I don't do things well. I don't learn. I, I, that's what you're like. That's what you're saying. You know, we're back to chapter one of the champions playbook. Everything you say and do tells me everything you believe about the game of golf and yourself. Well, I don't really mean that. Yes, you do. Like, and we need to deal with it. I think you would say too, that, um, as we're kind of wrapping this podcast up a little bit, I, 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 uh, I bet you could pretty well predict somebody's life and who they are and how they operate just by seeing a couple lessons with them. Mm-hmm. You can. Like, I had a guy today that fixed the irons really quick, but the driver's what he wanted to get to. Now, I had to show him because how bad his motion was. He's 11.2 handicap. He should probably be like an 18 or a 19. I hope he's tuned into the podcast and listens this far because he'll know he's 11.2. <laughs> he'll know who he is, right? And new student and fixed the iron, showed him how to turn it to the left, which is great. Hit him more solid, got the path a little more out to the right. But I knew the driver was going to be a really big problem. And so I was able to show him that we can do it there. I'm like, all right, here we go. He topped. Like, cold topped. Like, the tee snapped. He topped it so bad. Like, the contact against the top of the ball, tee into the ground, was hard enough to snap the tee. Didn't touch the tee. Just the ball hit the tee. <laughs> like, that's how... Think about, like, a wooden nail that just snapped in half when you hit it down. Like, that's how bad the motion was. And I said, stay with me. Don't leave it. Stay with me. Don't leave it. Stay with me. Don't leave it. Don't leave it. Don't leave it. I'm going to get it. You're not leaving here until we get this right. Don't leave it. Don't leave it. Don't leave it. It took me the extra 15 minutes. It was only one hour that he booked. I was like, I got a few extra minutes. We, You aren't leaving here until we do this. And 
he finally like fully committed to how uncomfortable the feel was going to have to be. And he starts hitting a couple, then starts hitting them. Like they were just, I mean, guys, it was 60 golf balls in a row that were not in the air. 11.2 handicap, basically hitting it like a 40 handicap who's never played golf. Did he just hit three iron off the tee? Every but night? because he stayed with me that long. Yeah. And he never once said, like, I don't do, I can't do this. He's like, like, dude, I need you right here. Just stay in this lane. You got to go yeah. farther. Got to go farther. Got to go farther. And he finally got several of them where didn't hit a single ball to the right. But, like, to your point, like, that's going to say a lot about him as a person and what he can handle. He's a guy that I would probably hire. If I weren't in my particular job. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I would hire him in a heartbeat because he's going to be able to handle just about anything we throw at him. Yeah. Wow. You, That's uh, good. You're dead on. Like, when people come in, like, those first couple interview questions, you're going to tell me a whole lot about you and what, how hard I can push and how hard I can't. Like, when you hit that first one, like, oh, see, I can't do that. Like, if I could only do that every time. Well... That's a person that's kind of in the middle that's going to be challenging to teach. Mm. That's also the person who can very easily say, like, well, see, I did it once, like, and then they hit one bad, like, see, I can't do it again. Or something like that. Like, that, if you have said that thought, to me, the fix first is, like, why are you saying that? Dude, I just re- <laughs> I remember. Don't we, say it. Don't, first of all, don't say it. Second of all, I remember, like, my first couple, my, like, honestly, my first year and a half, two years of. <laughs> being with you my one critique and i still kind of do it is i hit so many balls in such a short amount of time i'm the guy who is like if you're like you should be able to feel this and i'm like i have to keep on going until i feel it right i will stay here until i get it because i'm going to get it but to your defense you let me hit so many shots because you're like he's just trying to find the feel he can like he can get it like but Mm -hmm. i think you'd rather have somebody who just sits there and digs a trench in your driving range than somebody who's afraid to touch the club right right or is like i'm just not going to get this it's like stay right there film it again and if sometimes people just don't know what they're supposed to do and they're like they're so caught up in their own head that they can't pay attention to what they're doing. And so video, like keep coming, uh, yeah. like there's practical ways to try to help that person so solve that. Nuances. You keep bringing them back to the video, but yeah. even when they see it, like, I just, I just can't do that. I was like, why not? Yeah. What would be the opposite? Like one of, uh, so one of the ways I used to combat this in the river club clinics, you've heard me say this before is like somebody struggling to get it changed in front of the whole group and then I'll walk up there and I'll I'll hit one I'll swing like way over the top way underneath so it's like crazy exaggerated and they can see it and, I, and I'll hand the club back to the guy and I'll be like how come I can do it and you can't and th- then like uh, I said I'm I'm not more talented than you are I'm not more skilled than you are I said what mattered most to me in this moment well, demonstrating the exaggerated movements. Yeah. What did I not care about? The ball flight. Bingo. I need you to let me have the golf ball. And that's the part people don't want to let go. Oh, gosh. That's great. This, that's uh, a good one. Yeah. It's, it's a control issue. 
right? Like, I want to control this. Like, oh, I can't do it again. So I'm instead of yeah, I'm grabbing I control, control. I don't have it. control because yeah. it feels so weird. Well, well, and to it's their so point, to their point, they don't. You know, right? I don't want you to have control. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And what My you're saying is that's is fine. The ball. Yeah, yeah. Let me have the ball. I don't actually change the golf swing. I change the ball. Right. I'm in charge of the ball. Right, I'm right, going right. to give you what you need to do to change the ball. That's great. So I think what we've learned even here is just like that. It, you're dead on. And I think that's like, that's the epicenter of this whole thing is like, it's a control issue. They don't want to admit that they can't do it. And if they do it once, they're, they're betting on their odds. But like, that well, shouldn't be where it stops. The reason why they can't do it again is because they won't let go of control and let me have it yes 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 let me have or your teacher or your your performance coach or your golf coach or your whomever let them take you where they want to go yeah like i remember going uh going to some counseling for a little while and sitting with my pastor one time and he said he's like when you're ready to go you can go i said when I was finally ready, I was like, well, I kind of want to go in. I want to go after this. And like, I want like, I'll go here, but not there. He said, are you open to feedback on that? Which was one of his classic answers. Cause if I said no, he wasn't going to go there. Yeah. I was like, "Yes." okay, I've got the trust in you. Yes. He said, let them take you wherever they feel they need to take you. And I'm like, mm, I don't like you right now, but I know you're right. Yeah. 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 That's a hard because one. it is like, let the sensei, if you will, whoever your sensei is, like, let them take you there. Let the fitness professional take you to that place where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm afraid I'm going to hurt myself. Let them take you there. So what if you get hurt? Entrust yourself to somebody else. Like somewhere along the way, you learn how to not trust other people and therefore you learn how to not trust yourself. Well, and that takes a big leap of faith to trust somebody, especially somebody that you might not know well, right? But that's the beauty of it, right? That's why you're signing up. You're signing up because you don't have control. You want control, but you're not going to get it in the way that you think you're going to get it. There's a good quote that says, uh, if you're scared, do it anyway. That's how you grow. Mm. And well, I just think that's so good. Like, if perfect. you're scared, do it anyway. And like, But a lot of people aren't willing to have the vulnerability that it takes to say that they're scared. So right. that's where it falls on the coach to, <laughs> to build a safe place, safe environment for them to be able to open up in that way if that's a problem they're having. If, and that might take a year. And it could, Two but years. if they're willing to stick with it, as right. long as you're calling the behavior out every single time it happens, you're doing a Pavlov's dog situation. Right. That's why I, I told both Elijah and Eric, I said, here's what we're going to establish as our two overarching principles. The first one is a lack of interest or unwillingness to try, to truly try. It's the same thing. It's unwillingness to try. <clears throat> Assume that that is not actually what you're seeing. What you're seeing is a lack of confidence masquerading as a lack of interest. That's great. Or a lack of unwillingness. Yep. Now, point number two to that is if you then assume that, they don't know how to get to where they're going and they need someone to take them there. Mm -hmm. Now, that's the art of like, I don't deal with that same like, I just can't do this. I don't deal with it the same way with each person. You can't. Yeah, you shouldn't. <clears throat> no, it's unwise to do that. And I've screwed that up. And most of the time, I'll still say this. Most of the time, I've been too soft with it. I've let it fester too long, and it needs to be directed like, I love the question asking. It's probably one of the best ways. It's like, let's let's actually peel this apart for a second because that doesn't make any sense. And if you're here, you inherently believe that you can get better. 
so let's get better. But man, that's a it's such a weird statement. And that's the part that like I had to comment I'm like, why is this like so pervasive? Yeah, I've got I've got one last thought on that and um it was a lesson that I sat in on that you were you were over here and it was with that um that really talented smart young lady. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. And tall? Yes. Yes. Yep. And um she dude, she said it every so lesson a uh, 100 times. But maybe I'm exaggerating. But oh, like, really? She would say it multiple times in every single lesson. Interesting. I, I'm not even thinking about that. But you know, oh, uh, but here anyway, I, I thought about her, her in 6 months or a year. Oh, shoot. Not who I'm talking about then. A couple uh, weeks ago, I was sitting in here. Her and her mom were in here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I know yeah. who you're talking about. Yeah. Very smart. I was talking about an, yeah, another girl you've helped I, I, that you've yeah, been yeah, in here yeah, with. Yeah. You know what I'm talking I've, about? I've now. witnessed too many lessons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but um, I asked her a question. I was in. It was self-guided and it was clarity-based. And I think that's something that teachers mm -hmm. also need to yeah. learn to their students. And this is also me being like a professional talking to a client right in a business setting. But it's having that clarity, those upfront contracts, and the self-accountability. And you go, you go. How many days of go how many days a week can you practice golf? And she said like seven. Yeah. And I was like Scott, can I rephrase that question? Yeah. How many are you? How many days are you willing to practice? I've, I've re-listened to that podcast this morning. I listen Love to every that. podcast that we That's do. That's awesome. But I'm like, trying to learn that that question. Just asking her it now puts the burden of doing the thing on the person. Mm. And if they are truly up for the challenge, they will do what it takes for them to achieve that milestone. Right. I think that's the thing is you also have to put uh, you have to put all of the success in their hands as well. Like, dude, you right. just did it. Right. Like, dude, holy cow, you just did that, right? So you get them chasing that uh, that positive reinforcement. Yeah, I, I'm very hands-on to get people where they need to be. And then I try to back away and let them do it as much as they can be for that very reason. And sometimes I can fault to, like, not jumping up and helping enough. But, like, I would rather fault to that side because they have to do it. As long as I'm continuing to do it, then I own it. Exactly. They they have to decide to change it. If you give them the and ownership, they own it. right? And, and a lot, it's hard when you're hard. growing up yeah. too, because yeah. like your parents are driving you, and you think you're doing, you, you think you might be doing a sport for your parents or or yep. what have you, and it's it's hard to own it as a kid, and especially as a developing kid, right? As I've gotten later on in my life, I'm realized like, dude, the more and more I can mm -hmm. have self ownership over the things, it makes those things easier to do on a habitual basis yeah. when I own the wins. Like the person I want to help the most is the one who makes that comment. Mm. The problem is I've learned that I can't help them in the way that we typically think they need help. Mm, yep. And they don't need more encouragement. <laughs> they need direct feedback. Yep. And that needs to be dealt with at the right time and in the right way, but you yes. cannot let it fester. Yes. If it festers, then like, and it's partly a confidence in me as a teacher, right? Like I'm developing more confidence in myself to be like, hey, I know how to take people places, but if you're going to sign up and take lessons from me, this is how it's going to go. I was going to say, and the confidence to know when to make that comment. Right. You know, Like, hey, I hear you. And I'm thinking I need, there's a f several students that I need to go ahead and nip, th nip that a little bit. But if you think about, so we're back to the screwing up thing. Like I should have been, I can go back. I can give you the number of students I should fi fix this with. So I had to screw up in order to 
can we fix that? I think we can. Yeah. It's a lot of work, you know, to fix that. It's it's also rewarding work. Not, not and I wasn't. I'm not speaking in terms of the teacher. I'm thinking in in terms of the student as well. I remember the one of the last conversations I had with Hank when we were down in Birmingham. He's like Scott. You know, I just kind of look back and I'm like, I just I've just been a golf instructor. I was like, no, no, that's a that's a lie from that's the pits of hell, man. Yes, yeah. Like, no, no, no. That that is not true. Look at all these people that they're ten years removed from college. And they're passing through Birmingham, and they just want to stop by and gra- and buy you lunch. That's not just a golf instructor. That's somebody who helped people believe that they can do stuff when they felt like they couldn't, or they were hoping that somebody would believe, even if they can't. And some of that's a cry for help too. But you got to be careful with how you navigate it. But I was like, no, Hank. Like, and I have to remind myself that as well. It's like, oh, I'm just a golf instructor sometimes. Like, what am I doing? I'm teaching a sport. No, I'm not. The depth of relationships that we've talked about this too with my coaches is deeper than some of the, like than almost any relationship I've had with any other person other than my spouse or my parents. Dude, I mean, I just because you're doing life together, difficult things together, you're failing together, you're growing together. Yeah. And you need somebody to lead you when you don't think you can. <clears throat> yeah. There's also just a lot of self-confidence that comes with it as well. Like mm-hmm. I've, I mean, you know, my journey over the last four <laughs> years, a lot of the people who have been listening to this know it too, but like the amount of self-confidence that I've gained over the last like four years is like, I look back on it. I just think it's unbelievable. And it's, it's crazy that that, comes yeah. from it comes from a lot of places but the fact that a, a big part of that has been golf i mean that's pretty cool too to number one know that number one you are not the sole person that's getting me there i have to put in the work correct the other thing is the fact that i look at like some of those golf clubs and i'm like dude i can hit a ball that small and that small of a club face <laughs> and get it in like that's pretty cool you know so it's like i think people aren't celebrating these like little tiny wins or just like mm-hmm. what the game actually does for you on and off the course and the people who are sitting here making those comments don't understand how much that's actually hurting them outside of golf Mm -hmm. as well well and one of the uh, this is a i told people this is going to be a long podcast but one of the things that comes along with that comment of i don't know that i can do this again is actually this idea of like over the long haul you are going to accomplish so much and the failures need to be embraced, as you were mentioning earlier, just as much as the successes do, because it's in the failures that sh- learning happens. You cannot learn without failure. Dude, it's not possible. It's the worst thing in the world. The fact that like you don't you don't really learn that much from winning. You don't. No. Now the gratitude. You get excited. You get excited. Yeah, and there's probably some some reward that comes along with it. But think but of if the you, lessons you're learning down in the depths. Oh of my god! Despair. And if you just learned a lesson, like if you just won a golf tournament, oh, I'm going, I'm going to eat a, a steak dinner, and I'm going to enjoy all the good things that happened, right? But like the learning and the getting better part is in l- the losing of all of the tournaments before that, and right. knowing what I need to work on. How do I get to where I'm going? Like that's the sucky thing about growing right our our junior <laughs> program is doing incredibly well but our first two weeks of summer camps last year we had so many negative reviews oh really oh dude we had so many of them and we were 
we felt we were more prepared than we've ever been. Mm. We were more planned when we were. We actually were. We were more prepared. We were more planned. We were more ahead. We had more check the boxes. We also had more people, but we still had more help as well. And just like we realized it was an expectation problem. Like if we just and then the rest of the summer, but like it was it was two weeks of misery for for Erica, and then I had to pick up those pieces, and Elijah had to pick up those pieces, and then we were walking on pins and needles when that student would show up for the last two days of class, right? Like it's just like, ah, uh, and so like uh, it was just so heavy, and you're never gonna make everybody happy. But it was just way more negative than we'd ever gotten. Like, dude, we are literally way better than we were last year, but what did we miss? Is there? became an expectation that came along with price and personnel and like and we made the adjustments and we had zero problems the rest of summer communication if, and clarity but if we didn't get if we didn't make the mistakes it doesn't get as good as it does and most of the kids that signed up for our fall program were all a part of those last several weeks of programming and it was all because we set that up up front and there's a lot to communicate too. Like we thought we did everything. We just didn't communicate specifically what was going to happen. Well, yeah, and I was about to say the other thing too, is it sounds like you guys did everything you needed to on your end. The one fatal flaw is the communication to the other end, you know, right. or how they perceived it. Right. Right. But if you, but I, I can guarantee <laughs> we you weren't going to know that until we screwed it up. But if you set the expectation of, Hey, all this thing is, is you can drop your, your kids off and you can pick them up in eight hours. Like, you would have gone above and beyond, you know? So it's like, right. it's all about the communication. Right. And and that's really what it is. It's at the end of the day, but it's communicating what this is. Like, hey, you're dropping your kid off for a camp. We're going to give them the fundamentals they need to get. How much are they going to get better in five days? Probably not that much, right? Like, let's just be honest. There's a way to say that. But like, it's the failure. If we do that and go like, oh man, we're probably never going to do a junior camp well ever again. Like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, or if you came off the backs of a really good junior camp and you're like, oh, that was great, but I probably won't do it next year. Like, wh- why? Right. You just did a f- perfect one, you know? Like, of course you can. In fact, you can probably make it better. You just did it, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. and that I think is the, like, we fundamentally step out to try because either we, somewhere deep down in us, we believe that we can do it. Mm-hmm even when maybe the voices for you are louder that are negative. And I had uh, one person say, I need this. I need for golf. Golf needs to be good for me. I need that. Now that was a tough one, dude. I need, I was like, no, nah, you really don't. But in a certain sense, they did need golf to be well, because they needed to see that while their life was in chaos, they could control something. Mm. Well, guess what? Even if you can't hit it good right now, you can learn. That's control. So it's just, I don't know. It's a hard one. Like I have a lot of compassion for it. But simultaneously, it's one of the most frustrating ones for me to see. And it's really frustrating for me. I can deal with it because my personality really likes to help that. But I'm watching Elijah and Erica give lessons. And I hear that and watching them. I'm like, oh, man. You just set that teacher up for failure. You don't realize you did it, but you just set them up for failure because now anything that they do is going to fall on deaf ears, essentially. And you're not going to get better. They're not going to get better. They're going to lose a client, and you were going to lose somebody to the game of golf. Like, I, 
and that's that's the that's probably why I'm so amped about it. It's because it really wasn't happening to me all that much. It's happening to my other teachers, and I'm like, no, like I know how hard that is to fix. But if I strip them of the opportunity to fix it, then they don't gain the skills as a teacher to learn how to manage it. So it's it's uh, and we all do it different. So I don't know. It's I've gotten a lot better at my podcasting, even when I make mistakes. Like yeah, figuring out which side of this thing to talk into. Well, I mean, yeah, no, you've, I mean, you've learned a lot and, uh, you know, I've learned a lot and, uh, <laughs> I mean, why well, keep I, listening I, to it? I think that we've, we've put out enough content out there for each individual person. If they're listening to this and either they are that person or if it's a, it's a teacher listening to us, I think we've given enough, uh, insight in different situations that can be applied. I think it all depends on the certain situation that you have and how you, like you said earlier, how and when you communicate that to the student. So just take what you can and, uh, you know. We all have an I can't underneath there. Yes, everybody does. And everybody does. We all have we all have limiting beliefs. The, yeah. uh, the key is <laughs> what are they <laughs> and how can we minimize as many of them as possible. Yeah, and let them teach us. They have something to tell us, too. Oh, that's that's a whole other camera. Yeah, we're not going to go there because we're at 57 minutes. But yeah. like that, I probably can't do it again. Like if you actually sit with that thought, it has a lot to tell you. Mm. And um, I'm trying to... Pay uh, attention of what your inner monologue <laughs> is saying. Uh, I sent something to somebody the other day, a couple weeks ago, I'll leave you with this. But I said, <clears throat> the difficult situation that you're in will leave you when it's done teaching you. Oh. <laughs> like a long... That original comment? Uh, that's not from me. I, oh, okay, I got that okay. from somewhere I else. I was like, wow, no. that was profound. That's not, <laughs> that's not me. I wish I came up with that. But that's paraphrase, so I guess in technicality, I said that. <laughs> no, I, I can't take credit for that one. But like, You'd still have to cite that in a paper, you know? If, if it was done teaching you, it would leave. Mm. That means you haven't means you haven't learned the lesson so what is the lesson that needs to be learned which goes back to my quote if you're scared do it anyway that's how you grow mm -hmm. right like because you're probably scared of what's on the other side of your comment the research actually says that the only way to overcome fear is actually to do the thing that's literally the only way to overcome fear you can't sit there and mindset it you you have to go do the thing that you're afraid of it's why alex honnold had to try to free solo el cap because it was the thing that was too scary now he had the skill to do it, right? But like, I had to push my skill to that next level because it was scary. It's <laughs> a great one. I, I'm not, I need to I'm do not that, advocating so. that you go and try and free solo. No, no, a wall. You don't have the the, the skill to be no. able to do that. But no, no I, I mean, I need. I think you said that, and I was like, man, I needed to hear that tonight. And I and I'm sure a lot of other people listening also understand that. The thing I'm afraid well. of is to manage a team of seven this coming year. Or this year. It's not this coming year. It's yeah. in four months. 2024, yeah. Yeah, like, but I'm ready for it. And I'm going to screw it up. And when it's done teaching me, the difficulty we'll of that thing will move. Thing. Will, it'll be another thing. But that's a part of the human experience. That's so. what makes it awesome. 
Love that. Uh, well, I hope you guys gained a little bit of insight from this hour special hour-long podcast here. We've done uh, one this long in a while. We haven't done one this long in a while, but it was a good one to do, and I think it had a lot of implications in a bunch of different settings. Whether or not you are the student, you're the teacher, or you're somewhere in the middle in any part of your life, I think that there's uh, definitely lessons to be learned from this one. So, lots of gratitude. Lots of gratitude. Um, ten things you're grateful for and ten affirmations. Yeah. Go home, write down ten, and then stand in the mirror and say ten things that you like about yourself. That's a hard one. If that's that's Scott's prescription, my prescription would be get a sticky note, write gratitude on it, stick it on your bedside table, and every morning when you get up, look at the gratitude sticky and just name one thing that you're grateful for. Man, I'm grateful for watching that show with my partner the other night. You know, I really enjoyed that quality time with it'll, him. It'll be it'll, something simple at first and yes. then it'll become deeper. Deeper and deeper and deeper. Or it could be simple one day. Man, I'm grateful to get to my car. It's, it's raining and I'm so glad I have a garage. Like, that is a fair gratitude. You know, it's funny because we're talking about next week's going to be freezing cold. And when this podcast comes out, it'll be after the week of freezing cold. We're like, yeah. oh my gosh, it's going to be so cold. Okay, well, it's going to be so cold. Guess what? Most of you have a roof over your head and it's warm. You can go to the science center. You can go, like, what? you can go to dinner. You can go to a movie. How long? When's the last time you went to the movie? Wonka's great. Go see Wonka. <laughs> like, it's fun. No, no, yeah. But, like, I mean, you've you've got more to be grateful for than you realize. That's or we can just be dumpy. Thing. Oh, I can't play golf for five days. Like, right. There's a lot of other things you can do. You can putt. Yeah. Do you have do you have days off? Go to Florida. There you go. <laughs> like, there's many things you can do. Yeah. But, yeah, I love the gratefulness. Love That's that. huge. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, please support us in any way you know how. Leaving us a, a five-star review, a thumbs up, a follow, um, or even some no share it with merch somebody as well. Share, share this share podcast it with somebody who you think could be going through something something like this. A teacher, a student, somebody you think might find this insightful. Uh, but we really appreciate you guys listening, watching, viewing, subscribing, wherever it is. We love you guys. We'll see you on the next one. Peace. Peace.